up and get going. It is time for the Thursday Winkly, your penultimate Winkly of the week. As, of course, we do a Friday Winkly now over on the Ringside Wrestling app. Go download that for free. I'm your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I'm joined here, as I am nearly every Thursday, by my good buddy, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Good day, Nick. Yes, good day. I was telling you before we started, I spent the first three hours of my day at the dentist uh, from 7 to 10 a.m., what a nightmare. I really just hate the dentist. It's an awful experience. You should have gone to Britt Baker. Yeah, You know what? The whole time I'm sitting there, I was thinking about how Britt Baker has to be the scariest member of the AEW roster. <laughs> I almost like showed them uh, like Britt because I had to sit there while it was like numbing and we're making small talk and they like kept wanting to ask me about my weird wrestling job. Um, but I felt like if I started showing them that and like Isaac Yankum, it, they would get way too distracted and then maybe mess up what's going on with my mouth, you know? Yeah, that, that's certainly, uh, people that are, uh, using sharp objects in your mouth is certainly high on the list of people you don't want to get distracted. Yeah, I know for sure. And you know, the, the funny part about this is they're not funny part, but the best part of this is, so I go, my face is all numbed up. Uh, I have to come back. I put the run sheet together for the Winkley, and then I immediately jump into one of the interviews that I'm going to release on the show. I just finished it with half my face numb. I chatted with WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget this interview because I've never done an interview where I couldn't, like, feel half of my face. I think it came out well, but that was a, that's an Easter egg for you on that one, you know? But, well, you know, I mean, you got to have new challenges. I mean, you, you've done enough interviews with, with full function of your face, so, you know, spice it up a little bit. Give yourself some, some you know, some, some obstacles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I think you will. Uh, again, Hacks, I'll be on the show here later. Ken Anderson will be on the show later. You can find them both this Saturday in Detroit at Legends of Wrestling. Uh, they are going to be uh, appearing there alongside Ric Flair, Tito Santana, Bret Hart, the Nasty Boys, everybody else. Uh, you'll hear all about it here later in the show in the interviews. But let's get to it here. We got some news today. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. And it sounds like there's some bruising going on in the WWE locker room. We'll start here uh, with PW Insider's report that there is no word right now on Daniel Bryan's status with WWE. But apparently he's dealing with an injury coming out of WrestleMania. They note that the nature of the situation is being very closely guarded. Ugh, that's not a good that's not a good forecast there my friend you know no i mean obviously it, it, that <clears throat> that report i think the, you know makes you lead you to believe it's you know potentially something again with the head you know something that uh, of some resemblance to what uh caused brian to retire the first time so uh hopefully you know and, and this is kind of the, this is kind of the the worry and risk i suppose you know when he when he did come back which is you know um he was going to be under a microscope by WWE more so than any other talent, you know, because it's like, all right, you know, here's this guy who, you know, they, they made him retire and he seeked out all these medical opinions, other, other medical opinions, eventually, you know, got the clearance to come back in. But it's like, you know, you know, like they're, you know, they don't, you know, Vince, Vince doesn't want him, you know, going brain dead or dying or having some, something, you know, critically serious happen on his television in his ring. So, I mean, um, you know, hopefully it's hopefully whatever it is, it's not too serious. But you know, again, when you hear this report, that's all you can really think about is it has to be something dealing with the head. Yeah, it's it's it, the post WrestleMania curse this year is crazy. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's out with this mysterious injury. PW Insider reported earlier that Sheamus was out with an undisclosed injury. Uh, we got a confirmation this morning. I want to say it's the Observer, but let me double check here. This literally broke just before we went on the air. Um, and I have a chance to put it on my run sheet because I was talking to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, but, yeah, Sheamus is uh, reportedly out with a concussion right now. This is, yeah, The Observer. This is from the newsletter. So, yeah, Sheamus is uh, apparently out with a concussion right now. Uh, he last appeared on the post-Mania SmackDown. It was the same match that Big E got injured in, the six-man tag match uh, that Sheamus and the Bar were involved with the New Day. Uh, man, it's like when it, it rains, it pours. A whole bunch of stuff here. I wonder how much of that affected you know, uh, the, the SmackDown shake or the superstar shakeup the, the following week. Um, because, you know, like we said, there were a lot of weird kind of last minute decisions being made about where to put people. You know, it's wild back to Brian real quick is that it, it's been this time of year. That's always been his doom. You know, like he, you know, he, he had the famous win at mania 30 and then it was three weeks later. He had to, you know, vacate the title and then he came back 
the next year at 31, I think he, I think he won the IC title, right? And then yeah. he was out um, not too long after, and I think that's when he ended up retiring. I mean, so it's it's, it's always it, that's that's kind of crazy. The pattern is always right right after mania with him i gotta wonder if it's because these guys are just pushing themselves really hard that time of year you know everybody's trying to outshine each other jockey for position to get a little better uh placement on the wrestlemania card i wonder if that has something to do with it you know and and or maybe you know um maybe you know know something's wrong prior to mania but obviously you know guts it out to get through mania because nobody wants to you know miss mania um yeah it's it's I, I was just thinking about that as, as, I was, as we were talking. I'm like, man, the time the timeline is, is is identical now. Three 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 separate situations, three separate instances for Brian. Yeah, very weird, and it's unfortunate too because right now, man, I would love to see Daniel Bryan in the mix. Um, you know, Sami Zayn kind of picking up a bit of the mantle of, of a little bit what Daniel is doing with a, a twist, but it would be so cool to see those guys, uh, you know, working together against each other with each other. I just I really want to see some kind of combo right now of, of Daniel and, and Sami. Yeah, I could get behind that. Yeah. Um, well, somebody that wasn't on Raw on Monday night, uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that Samoa Joe's first Raw feud uh, is expected to be against Braun Strowman. They had an altercation on the Raw after Mania. Uh, Joe was sick the week before, which we noted. That's why uh, he wasn't used. He was not uh, used on Raw this week. But, uh, I, you know, we talked yesterday a little bit about, you know, Joe and Finn maybe being on the same brand with the belts. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, how do you feel about a potential Samoa Joe-Braun Strowman rivalry? Not interested. No, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, and, I, and obviously, I'm a big Braun fan. Um, I, I don't know. I just that doesn't that on paper that doesn't do anything for me. Maybe they'll surprise me with the execution or the promos or, or whatever. But um, I, I don't know. On, on paper, that just does nothing for me. Yeah, you know, the only thing I really liked about it when I saw uh, the the full the first altercation between these two is I'm just not used to seeing Samoa Joe work with guys that are bigger than him you know and joe's already so athletic as it is and like capable of doing stuff a guy his size would not normally do i wonder what he can do with a guy like braun where he can just basically throw himself at this guy and get crazy you know well i mean yeah and, and on that on <clears throat> to that point that is an that is a that does that is something i, I that would interest me mm-hmm. um so you know things something like that does you know a question like that does uh pique my interest but i, I don't know i just um I just I can't help but feel, and I'm, I'll harp on it <laughs> until, until I'll harp on it for as long as I ever have to. I I just don't understand uh, why Braun Strowman is. I mean, he he's in some ways he's treated like you know. I mean, like he, he's always in some ways he's treated like one of their top tier talent. But I, I don't know why they've just never followed through with him. I don't know why he never got the. I mean, I mean Jesus when when, when Roman Reigns had to go away for, for, for leukemia. When he announced that he was dealing with that again, and so then the match in Saudi Arabia changes to just straight up vacated title, Brock versus Braun. I thought, well, surely Braun has to get it now, right? I, I just I don't I don't understand why why you know why they just never followed through with him. And I, maybe 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 when I look at this on paper, I'm not excited because I think that Samojo is beneath Braun. I don't know. I just I, I just don't understand this. Samojo is beneath Braun. I kind of thought differently, like in a little bit of a flip. Uh, manner because like Braun has just been coasting for a little while here I didn't really get you know in the end I don't really know how much it did for him to do all the stuff with Jost and Che at, at Wrestlemania it just kind of felt like filler to me he's the one that's struggling to like get back on track I think Samoa Joe has been you know rather entertaining over the past few months you know I would think that you know if anything this would be a chance for Braun to become more engaging again by working with a guy like Joe who's just so diverse it can bring so many things to a, a program with him does Braun win the United States title? I mean, the dude doesn't need belts. I'm going to, I mean, how did they get out? You know, he he's always chasing dudes and flipping ambulances. And it's like, I'm sure that Joe, I don't know. It's like, does Joe find backup to level the odds? That's what the Miz did with the bar. You know, I, I you know, but Samoa Joe is, he's so much more maniacal than that. I almost feel like he's going to like play mind games with Braun and really try to, enrage the beast to you know make a mistake or something like that i don't know how this plays out but i don't think braun takes his title but i I think that you know joe can have a compelling feud with this guy maybe he goes to braun's house and or braun's family's house and stalks you know braun's parents or something (laughs) braun's parents are just gigantic and they run him off (laughs) his dad is a is a beast man if you ever watch if you ever chance just go google braun Strowman's dad softball 
And yep, I, yep. I, have, I have done that. You're correct. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, well, uh, moving along here, the Observer also reporting that Sasha and Bayley, they found out that they were going to lose the women's tag team titles the day of WrestleMania. With that said, apparently many people higher up in the company already knew the Iconics would be winning. They just waited to tell Sasha and Bayley till the day of. Does that do anything to sway your opinions about how this story has played out with Sasha and Bayley? I, I mean, not really. You know, look, I, I, first off, I, I, maybe it's just me. I, I, I feel like I feel like there are three times as many stories and reports about this one topic than than, than the average topic. Like, yep. I, I don't know, and I'm not quite sure why. Okay, look, uh, look, we okay, Sasha, Sasha Banks, uh, a talent. Sure, her 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 run on Raw and SmackDown has been. Um, is has is, is been has been weird in terms of the, the amount of times that she you know just you know wins something and then turns around and loses it like I get all that I don't you know, I don't know I just I don't see what the big thing is here okay so so she so she lost and she's mad we move on so she wants to leave so so how many how many other talents will be here want to leave I don't know I just feel like I feel like way more is being made of this and then 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 we hear that like Bailey's a part of it or like. Sasha's being a bad influence like I don't I don't know what to believe there's I feel like this is just this has gone. I, I, th- this has just morphed into a life of its own. This, this, the, you know, and, and this whole tale of what happened with Sasha Banks and she had to lose at WrestleMania. I don't know. I, I just, this is, it's very bizarre. Very think, bizarre to me. I think for me, what it is is that the fans uh, feel rewarded in a way that their unhappiness is actually shared with the performer themselves, right? Like a lot of times you'll have wrestler or you'll have fans or, you that's know, a good point I, I think it's a really good point yeah you're right yeah because it's like a lot of wrestling fans are get upset oh why this person's not getting used oh they should they should speak up or whatever you have a situation here where you've got a lot of fans that are like what's going on with sasha why aren't they using sasha and then sasha banks you know due to all these stories coming out obviously feels the same way as the fans and i think that emboldens the fans and makes this this story bigger you know no, you're probably right. You're, that, that's probably you probably hit the nail on the head right there. That that's probably why this is took on a life of its own, and everybody's just clamoring to click every headline that has some version or some new tidbit about the Sasha Banks saga at the moment. It's probably because of that. It's because like they're they're getting to live. You know, they're they're feeling like their emotions are now vicariously being. Uh, they're living their emotions vicariously through Sasha Banks' actions. So that's probably what it is. Um, uh-huh. I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't know. So 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 so. I mean, again, the reports are saying that they. You know, that obviously Sasha went off. She went and had vacation with her family, and you know the WWE's given her a couple weeks to cool down and decide what she wants to do. Like, like, what do you mean decide what she wants to do? If she's under contract with you. She's under contract with you. Like, I, I don't know what you know. Like, like, like are they really gonna let Sasha Banks go? I mean, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I, I, I would love to see how this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out here. I can't realistically imagine that she's just gonna get let go scot free and then go jump to like AEW or something like that. It seems. Like it would have to be more complicated than that, especially with the, you know, cachet that Sasha has built in WWE. You know. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure that you know I'm sure that she's I'm sure that she moved and you know she's probably not the obviously she's not the top seller, but I'm sure that you know the merch and, and the branding around her, the boss and all that stuff. I'm sure it does you know uh, you know does the decent for them. So yeah, I just like I said, I don't I don't see them just saying okay, well you know you 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 wind and pouted if that's in fact what she did uh where we're just gonna you know give in and let you go i mean you know what message does that then send to the rest of the talents of of that they just dealt with her that way i don't know it, it, it's just really bizarre to me i you know i don't know I, I i i and i guess the hardest part about understanding this is that we you know we're, we're going off of we're going off of information that we think we have but we you know we truly don't know her side of the story we truly don't know what she has or hasn't been told in term and down to the preciseness of the uh, of the timeline. So I, I mean that 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 could change everything if if, if she ever comes out and tells all what uh, her version of this. Um, well, let's uh, let's shift gears here to uh, uh, Raw's latest tag team, PW Insider, reporting that before they were called the Viking Experience, they were almost called the Berserkers. What is going on here? What? <laughs> What? Uh, I don't know which one I would like better. <laughs> they had a berserker. He was a wrestler. He was like I a mid. He was like a mid carter, and they're gonna just call them the berserkers. I'm just flabbergasted at this. Whatever, <laughs> dumb. So uh, what? I mean, I, I mean, I got, I'm assuming they got the name changed in the first place because Vince didn't want to have people chanting war, war raiders. Is that? I guess. 
I mean, that's what I'm led to believe, you know. Maybe he didn't like the Raiders part. He's like, I hate Oakland. Or wait, are they in Oakland now? They're the L.A. Raiders now, right? Something like that? Hate them. He, he wouldn't hate the Raiders. The, the, the Raiders are uh, – well, then again, he, he probably doesn't hate everything with that. He doesn't even know that the Raiders are an NFL team. What are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's running the XFL. He knows everything about the NFL. He's done his uh, research. Yeah, right. Right. If you – <laughs> if you asked Vince McMahon to, to name 10 current NFL players, he would not get to 10 unassisted. Um, I don't know the bizarre. Yeah. I mean, the Berserkers. It, that, um, yeah, I don't know which one I, the Viking experience just sounds so, uh, I mean, I think I'd rather the Berserkers, the, Vi- <laughs> the, the Viking experience, although it has afforded them a lot of free publicity. And I mean, cause it's been like the, one of the most talked about things this week is the fact they were called, the Viking experience. So maybe it's one of these things where it's like it's it's, it's a it was, it was like a, an underhanded way to get them uh, some some promotional attention. It was just we'll, we'll name them something really really terrible so everybody can make fun of. See, this is this is your new gimmick for your next uh, tailgate party. Justin Labar's Viking experience, right? You get to come yes. in. Right? Well, that's not. I mean, I mean, it's not too far off. I mean, I mean, well, Vikings, Pirates, they're in Tampa next year. They're doing uh, this whole Buccaneer thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can just see it now. Come on in. It's the same tailgate thing, only you get a hat with one of them horns on it. It's a Viking experience. Welcome to the party. Oh, and by, yeah, and by the way, you, you, uh, if Vince didn't want Raiders because of the uh, NFL team, I mean, why would he want the Vikings? That's another uh, NFL team, so Good just call. to clarify that. Good call. Catching me on my stuff there. You're right. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, Sports Business Journal. Uh, reporting that WWE developmental talent now make between fifty and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year, eighty thousand dollars on average. Uh, on that note, three new big signings for WWE's developmental: Kushida, Shane Strickland, Garza Jr. officially started at the WWE Performance Center yesterday. Um, this is on par with what I've been hearing. I hadn't heard anybody sign as high as one hundred and fifty k. But I've heard a lot of guys around the 60, 75K number. The 80K number, I think, is even a little higher than than the average. Yeah, this is the range I knew. And I, and I do think they had a few. I think they've had a few that, that did top over the six figures, um, you know, who came in with, with uh, you, know, uh, you know, a good amount of uh, reputation and, 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 and such behind them. But, yeah, these are, this is about in the range that I was always made aware of by people that have been there in terms of what it was, uh, which, you know, it's not the, you know, the, the thing that, the thing that, um, the thing that's that's interesting about being when you're when you're in the developmental stage, so to speak, is that people that the fans will realize that these guys, that the guys and girls are, you know, asked. I mean, they're at the performance center like every day. Like if they're not traveling for, if they're if they're, if they're not traveling for an NXT live event um, on one of the NXT tours, I mean, it's it's kind of like school. They are they have to report to the PC, you know, at certain times and certain days, and they have classes, and 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 so it is kind of a, um, you know, it is a little bit more, you know structured then oh we're just giving you this amount of money and you just show up and wrestle at these live events you know it is a little bit more um so and i know i know a lot of fans don't necessarily realize that so yeah i mean there's a lot of these guys too where it's like you know 50k you know 80k sounds fine but you know you're living in the area you gotta find ways to eat right how i don't know how much of this stuff is included anymore with the de- developmental talent like as far as housing and food and stuff goes but you know i hear a number like 50k and immediately to me i'm like you know, thinking about how I know the guys live on the road, and a lot of that that money is flying out the car window there as you're trying to, you know, get out there day to day. Sure, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Variety reporting: John Cena, the Doctor of Thugonomics, is in talk talks to join DC's Suicide Squad. Uh, this will be the sequel. It'll be written and directed by James Gunn, which means I'm sure it'll be great because he's awesome with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but yeah, John Cena, man, just continuing to. Take off into Hollywood. I, I still think that John Cena in the end will probably be a bigger star than The Rock in the long run. Oh, uh, wow. That's a bold call. Um, yeah, you know, it's like at what point, does, I mean, like, like Cena's pretty, you know, he's, he, he, he acknowledges now that he, you know, he is what he used to make fun of with The Rock and that he's not full-time anymore. Like, I mean, at what point do we, I mean, like, I mean, it's conceivable to think that we don't see John Cena until next year's Mania. I mean, I like, I mean, it, it, it's... I don't know. Like I, 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 I would like to hear him directly answer. I mean, and he won't. But I'd like to hear him directly, like say, like what? His, I mean, like does like at what point do you stop doing a movie? Like, do you, what point do you come back and do a couple months with WWE? Like, is it just? I mean, like every offer that keeps coming in for movie wise, you just keep taking it. And not that I say I blame him because I'm sure it's great money, and, and you're not physically uh, uh, taxing your body. But it's just I don't know. I'm kind of like, are we are we officially at the point where John Cena is like 
even beyond a part-timer. Like he's hundred percent. Yeah. You know, he's, I mean, he's literally just a spot show guy at this point. hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Like, you know, I had David Arquette on the show uh, yesterday and we were talking about how wrestling's affected his, or was this, no, it was on Tuesday. Anyway, uh, we had him on and he was talking about how wrestling's affected his Hollywood career. And he's like, it's just hard to tell your agent, you know, I'm going to be taking off the next, you know, three months to go work this wrestling angle because promoters want to be able to book stuff out in advance and make plans with you. And so then you're going to take three months away from accepting offers and you don't know when the next major like TV or movie deal is going to come in. And this guy, for me, with the way that the deals are coming in, I don't see him telling his agent, hey, uh, let's put three months off here. I'm going to go do another run on SmackDown, work with The Miz. Um, I, I see him being like, keep those phone lines open. Let's see how many offers we can keep coming in right now. Yeah, no, I mean, and that and that makes complete sense. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like we just kind of like just woke up one day and just John Cena was gone. I don't know. It's just... That's the way it is, man. That's how it happens. And uh, someone will become the next John Cena here. Who do you think that is? Who's the next Hollywood breakout star? I mean, Reigns is doing the, the Hobbs thing with The Rock. Is he going to be the next one to become Hollywood famous? I don't see it with him. Um, I don't know. That, that's hard. That's hard to say. I mean, it, it's always hard to say when the guys are still full time with wrestling because you, 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 you can't picture it, you know, because you, you, you can't really, you know, like, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I honestly, when, when Cena was, was at his height in terms of, uh, you know, working the most dates and working every house show and working every dark main event. I mean, I, I it was hard for me to imagine then that, oh, he would one day be, I, it's hard to imagine. I, I don't know who that would be. I mean, Rain certainly has the look. Um, I don't know what kind of acting chops he has. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, uh, you know, beyond the quote unquote acting we see him do on WB programming, I don't know who the next guy would be. Yeah, tough to think. About. Um, all right, and then our, our last news item here uh, in regards to the superstar shakeup. Uh, just so everybody knows, most of all, most if not all, of the WWE couples landed up on the same rosters with each other, except for Alexa Bliss and Buddy Murphy. They are now uh, Alexa still on Raw. Buddy, now on SmackDown Live, uh, they got the shaft here. You know, I don't know why. It's just it's rough, rough life of wrestling couples. <laughs> you know, and it's I know there are a couple. It's uh, it's always funny to me how because uh, I know I know I wasn't the only one. Like I think think for a little bit we all kind of were wondering is there something there with Braun and Alexa <laughs> just because of all the the you know, we we saw them do ride along. Of course, they did the I think they did the mix match challenge together. They always just kind of seem to have like you know we. You know, there's photos of them online. Always kind of seemed like they had like a, a fun little chemistry. Uh, so you know, keep keep her keep her over there on Raw near Braun. Keep 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 her over there. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a WWE Hall of Famer. He's going to be appearing at Legends of the Wrestling this Saturday, April 20th, at Fraser Hockeyland Arena in Detroit, Michigan. He'll be joined by the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, Booker T, Tito Santana, and many more. It's our good buddy Hacksaw. Jim Duggan. Hacksaw, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, my pleasure, brother. But, you know, the first thing Hacksaw has to do is give a big ho. Kind of fires me up nowadays. Gets me going, you know. Yeah, I got, you know, I got to start. Uh, I have a personal story about you because we've actually met a couple times on the independent scene. And this was years ago, though. But you scared me like I was driving you to take or I was driving with some people to take you to get food. And when we closed the door as I was getting out. You made me believe that I had smashed the door on your thumb and that I had ruined your whole gimmick, and I, I never forgot that. That was a scary moment for me. <laughs> I'd be lost without my thumb. You're not kidding. That'd be like flair without the woo. Yeah, I, I just never forgot that. It was a scary moment for me. Um, well, speaking about your health, i got to start right there. I know you, know, you, you were just in the ICU a couple months ago. I think you had heart surgery just last month. I mean, how, how are you doing? How's recovery? Yeah, doing uh, really good. Uh, my heart went into AFib, uh, so uh, they put me in over Thanksgiving in the hospital. And then uh, I just recently, just a little over two weeks ago, had a procedure called in the blazing. Where I was in the hospital overnight, and they came uh, in and hopefully uh, shocked my heart and got it back into rhythm. But uh, Jake the Snake called me and says, well, Doug, and you never had rhythm in the first place, so what the hell? <laughs> Well, I'm glad you have a sense of humor about it. That's scary stuff. Are you going to be able to get back into the ring and, and wrestle again? Is that in the cards for you? Or I saw you're doing the Hacksaw Jim Duggan show. That's the last thing you were promoting. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to play that by ear. You know, uh, it was getting close to the end of my wrestling career anyway. You know, um, I was 65 in January. Man. But, you know, even at that time, I tell the young kids, I still do some stuff uh, for the younger kids. And I tell them, you know, at, at this stage of the game, I have no physical attributes left, but I can still entertain a crowd. It's more than just taking bumps. A lot of kids don't understand that. They just want to bump, 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 bump. <laughs> you got to have a ring presence. You got to have a story. And that's why, uh, you know, the legends of wrestling are so popular. Those are the guys that are the masters. Yeah. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about Legends of Wrestling here. Uh, so what are you going to be doing? What what are, what can people expect from you as part of Legends of Wrestling this Saturday? Well, you know, first of all, they're going to have a, a great meet and greet. Uh, it, it goes on for a long time. And, of course, just to have, I mean, you just look at that card. It's unreal. Uh, you know, Ric Flair, of course, Flair's Flair. And Brett, uh, It'd be great to see Brett. Brett's one of my good friends, and I haven't seen him in a while. And, of course, he's coming off that event at uh, the Hall of Fame at WrestleMania yeah. where he was attacked by some fans. So it'll be good to have a chance to sit down and get his perspective of it. Uh, Booker T's going to be there. I mean, the nasty boy, Booker T, they just put in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yep. Again, mm-hmm. uh, the nasty boys, I mean, it's uh, Tito Santana's going to be there. Uh, and David Arquette, uh, I'm not, a, I don't know, uh, David Arquette, but anyway, he's going to be there too. So it's going to be a great show. And also you're going to have a, a, a great crew of young talent, you know, cause that's one thing a lot of folks don't realize is how competitive professional wrestling is. You know, people say, ah, wrestling's wrestling. They know what I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler. But I say, if you look at it as a business kid. Take a look. There's 1,500 NFL football players playing this year. There's 500 NBA basketball players. There's 100 professional wrestlers making a living doing uh, wrestling. It's it's, uh, television. It's more competitive than sports. And people don't realize that. And, of course, it's just not kids from America. You've got kids from Japan, Australia, Europe, Canada, of course, obviously, is a huge market. I mean, kids from all over the world are coming after the job. So you better be pretty good because if you're not, then some young kids got your spot. You know, it's interesting you talk about, you know, how the other, you know, there's some wrestlers out there where it's just like, you know, they're constantly, you know, bump, 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 fall, fall, fall. And uh, you you have more of a, um, you know, you have more control over the ring with your presence. I mean, the business has evolved. Like, the style has evolved. Do you think it's changed how you need to stand out and find your place in wrestling? Has that has that aspect of it changed at all? Oh, yeah. The, 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 everything changes, and, and wrestling has changed a whole bunch. I mean, since, you know, back in the uh, the territory days where you're doing National Guard armies in high school gyms. Yeah. And, of course, you could work a headlock for 20 minutes you know, <laughs> back then. You know, now they'd run you out of the building if you, you're in a headlock for five seconds. I mean, it's a d- different business. Uh, the, you know, the kids now tend to be uh, more flyers. You see more high flyers than brawlers. You know, our day there was more brawlers. So. Yeah. The business has changed, and I think the kids nowadays are, are more professional. Yeah. I think they're probably even more athletic, mm-hmm. but I think my generation of guys, the legend guys, are more original. I mean, you know, Ric Flair is Ric Flair. You know, what you see with Bret Hart is who Bret Hart is. He's not a conglomeration of a bunch of writers coming down with a character. Yeah. You know? I know last time I did TV, I had a young kid come up and go, Mr. Duggan, here's your verbiage for your interview. Oh, yeah. How's some punk kid going to tell Hacksaw Jim Duggan how to cut his interview? And you're like, well, this is what we want you to say. And I'm like, well, send me my check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and I have a whole new respect for guys that deliver lines, you know, movie actors and stuff like that. That, for me, was very hard to act natural. And for you to say something and me to say something and him to say, you know, I just let me go out there and be Hacksaw. Do you think that you would have, uh, if, if it had been a different time, do you think that you would have found the success that you had if you had, had come along in this generation? No. No? No. Hmm. I don't think a lot of guys would. I think, you know, our generation was uh, more character-driven. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, so, you know, Jake the Snake's running around out there, you know, with Peter be all over that. But, uh, you know, just, just the characters were... Uh, and the hole in and all that. I think that all I think that the people, the, the pendulum has swung the other way. 
if you're not up on the top rope doing a double flip, then it's not wrestling. Hmm. You know, which you know is hard to argue with success. You know, in eighty thousand people at WrestleMania from forty different countries, this is a successful show. And of course, now with uh, AWE or AEW coming around, and of course Impact, and that's why the Legend Show is so popular. I mean, all these a lot of these bigger shows. You know, don't come around as often, and, and obviously you're not going to have an opportunity to meet the the legends with a sprinkling of young kids that you'll see on TV in months and years to come. Yeah, it, it's cool right now because I do feel like you know you're right. It is different, and it's you know it takes different things to to break out. But there are some talents I feel like that walk that line and have blended a little bit. Uh, and I think it has to do with pedigree. Uh, you know, I look at the work Charlotte Flair's doing right now. I mean, how do you think that she's doing carrying on the the legacy of her of her dad, Rick? Oh yeah, Charlotte's Charlotte's great. Of course, I always said any of the second or third generation talent is just that much more polished. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't start wrestling till I was twenty five. Wow. Terry Gordy started when he was fifteen. You know, and it. Uh, Guys like Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Kurt Henning, uh, Ted DiBiase, you know, they grew up with their father's wrestlers. They understood the business that much more. So now you're even getting to the third generation of guys. Uh, you know, that's my old joke. And, you know, WWF is my heyday where I wrestled Dusty, DiBiase, and Orton. Yeah. But I also wrestled in WWE where I wrestled Dusty's kid, DiBiase's kid, Norton's kid. <laughs> As I first I beat up the old man, then I beat up the kid. <laughs> uh I but, go yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, that's funny. I just wanna say you can just see the, 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 the more polished guys are usually in the business longer and have a better understanding of it. Well, it's one thing to like have the polish of, of being a wrestler, but you know, you bring up Dusty there. His son Cody's moving into the promoting aspect of it as well. Um, you know, how, how different is that? I mean, what, what similarities and differences do you see between Dusty and Cody in this regard? Well, uh, you know, obviously they're both great as in, uh, Dustin, as in gold dust. I mean, that whole family again, grew up in the business, just that much more polished, but you know, D- Dusty was an office guy. He always was, you know, he was NWA, uh, WCW. Uh, you know, and so it's not a, a stretch for Cody to go ahead and start promoting. I mean, uh, Dusty was running Florida Championship Wrestling back in the day, so uh, I think Cody's got it in his genes, and he's a good, good guy. Cody's a good man, and uh, and pe- like I said, people are hungry for wrestling. I mean, the indies are hot, the, the companies are hot, the, the smaller shows around the world. Uh, next week, I, I, I go up here to Detroit. Uh, tomorrow, I'm flying into Detroit. Yeah. And doing some press stuff, and then have the show Saturday. I come home Sunday, and then next Wednesday I leave for Liverpool, England. Man, uh, yeah, uh, there's a huge con- Undertaker's on the convention over there, so you know how that's going to be. Because Undertaker never does conventions, and this is the first time at a, a convention in England, so it's it's going to be crazy. That's why I do a lot of charity events for the NFL guys. You know, when I, I always ask them, I'm like, uh, world champions. <laughs> Where in the world have you boys been? You know, <laughs> wrestling, we go all over the world. It's amazing the appeal of wrestling. Uh, in my 40-plus years, I've wrestled in every state in the Union, every province in Canada, in 30 different countries. It's hard to think of 30 countries, but it's amazing the appeal of wrestling around the world. Yeah. You know, somebody I know that you were close with was uh, Roddy Piper. You know, Ronda Rousey obviously isn't like a second or third generation wrestler, uh, but she's really channeled or tried to channel the energy of, of Roddy in a lot of ways. How do you think Ronda has, you know, acclimated to the pro wrestling business? Well, I think that was a, a natural progression for her to to migrate into pro wrestling. You know, you're not going to see, see no 20 year careers in, in MMA, you know? Yeah. So that was a good move for the young lady. She left when she was on top. She's doing great in wrestling. She's personable. She's articulate. Uh, she's great talent. But personally, Pipe was one of my best friends, you know, and uh, yeah. they gave him the blessing. I guess his family gave her the blessing of having the, the rowdy deal. But there's only one rowdy, and that's that's Pipe. Who's, that's, I believe his birthday's today. God bless him. He would have been 65. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. It's really, it is. It's cool to see her out there in the jacket and carrying, 
that on and, and keeping his memory alive. You know, she's done so much to bring the women up, you know, to the main event level. What do you think about the women finally headlining WrestleMania and, and the current revolution that's going on with them in pro wrestling? Yeah, well, the uh, the whole ladies' division, you know, back in the day, it was Scary Sherry and Velvet McIntyre. And, you know, now, of course, they're all beautiful young divas out of, you know, magazines and, you know, stuff. So uh, it's a, a great progression, of course. You know, we were out having dinner the other night, and a guy asked my wife, he says, aren't you worried about Jim being around all these young, beautiful divas? <laughs> my wife's like, uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, honey. You can't be a little worried. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, I ain't worried at all. You, you might fall on one of them, I guess. That's cool. That's good. Now, she the, trusts and you. the girls are very talented. Like we were talking earlier, the guys, they, they stepped up the athletics. The girls now, I mean, they're doing stuff that, you know, Superfly wouldn't have done back in my day, and he was the highest flyer we had, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the the girls are not only extremely attractive, uh, they're very great wrestlers. They, they wrestle very well, very technical. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's very competitive. Those people you see on TV, there's probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of people looking for that job. I mean, everybody wants to be uh, Becky Lynch. You know, everybody wants to be Charlotte Flair. So if you're not carrying the ball, boom, you're gone doing the indies. So you better believe that people that you see out there are the best in the world. Yeah, and it's it's different now, though, too. You know, we were talking about AEW. If you aren't, you know, you're out there working as hard as you can. One of the things I feel like I hear a lot more of recently with wrestlers who are, like, unhappy in WWE uh, are are making it vocal, and they're trying to take a stab at maybe getting a contract elsewhere. I mean, you you lived through that period, you know, with the Monday Night War where that was an option. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how much it means right now or, or you know, to have this other promotion and how much it kind of compares to that Monday Night War period. Well, anytime there's a, another place to work, that's great for the talent. You know, if you don't have no negotiating skill or uh, opportunity – there's no place to go. There's only one game in town, and you pretty much got to play that game. Yeah, I think it's great that there's another opportunity for guys, and that's what happened in WCW. You know, WWF. We were nobody had a contract. You wrestle, you got paid. You didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid. If you got hurt, you were screwed. Yeah, you know, and then so guy, I went 54 days straight. You know, other guys were up 60, 70, 80 days because you know the more you work, you more you got paid. All of a sudden, Ted Turner says, hey, come on down. There's no cut contracts. <laughs> Brother, it was like grass leaving a sinking ship. You've, you know, Hogan left, Beefer left, I left, Macho ended up leaving, the Nasties. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody went down there. And, you know, we went down and uh, I think it was my second or third week down there. I, I beat stunning Steve Austin so bad he had to shave his head and change his name. <laughs> <laughs> I should get a kickback on that Stone Cold thing. He'd still be running around with long blonde hair. But, but anyway, we you know we all went down there, and it, it actually shows what a master Vince is because he took uh, Stunning Steve, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Sable. He took the rejects from down there, brought them up to WWE, repackaged them, and of course WWC, uh, WCW was the big boy in town for a couple of years, but then. Vince, being the man he is, uh, he created the uh, WWE, created the characters, and uh, put WCW out of business, which was unheard of because it was a Ted Turner company. Yeah, you know, we had you know billions of dollars, but you know, but it's good to see this other company offer guys contracts. I hear they may even offer them insurance. So, yeah, uh, is that- you know, more power to the talent. I mean, you you know, I, I hear you talk about how you were working so many days and if you got hurt, you know, that was, you know, you lost time off the road. But, you know, obviously it sounds like you guys were paying out of pocket, too. You know, I'm just kind of interested because John Oliver did this piece about WWE and insurance and everything. Like, roughly how much do you think of your paycheck you were spending on health expenses during that time when it was more of a free-for-all? Oh, I, I don't know. You know, health care, you have to have health insurance, that's for sure, you know, so my my wife handles all the books and stuff. And, okay. You know, that's another thing about wrestling. Everybody, here's all the negative stuff about wrestling. They see the movie, The Wrestler, with that jerk Mickey Rourke in it. They hear about my good friend Jake Roberts or Scott Hall. 
the, all those wrestlers are all destitute, uh, cutting themselves uh, with plow wire. You know, I've been in the business for 40 years. I've been with my wife 35 years. I never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs. Uh, I've had no felony arrest. You know, obviously a couple of misdemeanors. Okay. Uh, not, you know, it's it's been a great business for me. I put two daughters through school. I traveled the world. I, at, at 65, I'm still. Last year, I was in New Zealand. Uh, now I'm going over to England here in, uh, in two weeks or in another week. Yeah, uh, it, it's been a great business for me. And a lot of guys are successful. Tito Santana, another guy that will be at uh, the Legends show. Yeah. Uh, Piper, uh, Bret Hart, guys are successful in our business. You just don't hear it. You always hear the car wrecks. Yeah, you know, and I'll I'll talk here about Brett. We'll get a little bit back on track with the Legends of Wrestling uh, crew here. You know, you brought up earlier that scary attack he had at the Hall of Fame. What did you think of how the wrestlers responded to that and, like, jumped to Brett's defense and 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 got a couple shots in on this guy? Yeah, well, you know, you could tell the young guys because they were lighting him up on camera. I mean, he was already subdued. You can't hit him once you're subdued, brother. I can tell you that from uh, experience. Yeah. Of excessive force. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, obviously, the, nobody knew the guy had a weapon, what he was doing. Uh, but to attack Brett, I mean, forget just the wrestlers attacking him. He's one of the most beloved guys in the business. The fans would have skinned the guy alive. But you know what I noticed? If you watch the tape, I guess uh, uh, Rhonda's husband was one of the first guys. But uh, Shane McMahon was number two, if, you know, not a one and a half. And he was. Uh, and that says a lot about Shane. Here's a guy worth millions of dollars, and he's uh, got all this talent around, and he's paying hundreds of thousands. So he's the guy making the move to uh, to help out. So, yeah, that was a stupid move on that guy's part, and I just hope he doesn't go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wrap up here. You know, Hacksaws, I was uh, doing a little research about you before the interview. Obviously, Legends of Wrestling this Saturday in Detroit. I think Detroit, I think you – I started uh, looking into WrestleMania three and the role you played at, uh, you know, the second most attended WrestleMania now after the they did the big one in Texas. You know, what were your memories of WrestleMania three? And also, was there any rumor? Was there any talk backstage of ever putting like the IC or world title on you at the time? Because you were just so popular at that point. Yeah, well, WrestleMania three, of course, was WrestleMania three. I mean, it took what thirty years or something for them to kind of beat it, and then. You know, with all the promotions and stuff. But uh, back then, Pontiac Silverdome, you know, I was just relatively new to coming into the company. So to run down there and the Killer Bees wrestling, the Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik with my two by four, yeah. boom, I blast the Sheik, boom, I blast Nikolai. To be standing in the ring in front of 93,000 people chanting, USA. I mean, I get goosebumps to this day. It was a a thrill of a lifetime. Uh, hard to, it's hard to even put in the words, you know. Uh, of course, I, I joke. I said I came back to the dressing room and all the guys were like, Duggan, Duggan, how's the crowd out there? I said, well, without my glasses, the first three rows are full. <laughs> I don't know how the rest of the building is. <laughs> and, of course, the, the belt deal, that was, you know, throughout pretty much my whole career, I didn't hold too many championships. because That was never my character, you know. I don't care if I win the match as long as I win the fight, tough guy. So, you know, I, I could wrestle the world champion and get beat one, two, three in the middle, get up, get my two by four, hit him with a two by four, boom, hit the referee with a two by four, chase the timekeeper around, end up in the middle of the ring with a board chant USA. Who cares if you win or lose, tough guy? <laughs> Uh, well, Hacks, I want to thank you so much for the time. I really enjoyed chatting with you uh, just about what's going on with you and your world and also about all the talent you're going to be, uh, you know, all the legends you're going to be sharing space with this Saturday at Legends of Wrestling again in Detroit. Um, anything you want to leave everyone with here before we wrap up the interview? Well, just for the folks that uh, haven't had the opportunity to come to wrestling, because a lot of folks are critical. And I say, have you ever been? <laughs> and if you've never been, come to the Legends show. It's a family-friendly, no obscene gestures, no profanity. It's a fun night out. I tell folks, you come to the Legends of Wrestling, you sit there, you have three or four hours of great entertainment. If you get there early, the autograph session, the meet and greet, or you can go sit in a movie for three hours like you do every other week and just sit there. It's 
it's a fun night. Cheer the good guy, boo the bad guy. It, it's a fun experience. And of course, Legends of Wrestling, that, that card is something you see like at Madison Square Garden. So it's it's going to be a great night for the true wrestling fan. Because they get a chance to bring their action figures, and their books, their encyclopedias. So it's going to be a fun night. I know I'm looking forward to it. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE United States champion and a former TNA World Heavyweight champion. He's going to be taking on David Arquette at Legends of Wrestling this Saturday, April 20th at the Frazier Hockeyland Arena in Detroit, Michigan. He'll be there alongside the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Brett the Hitman Hart, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Booker T, Rikishi, and many more. You probably know him as Mr. Do I do it or should you do it? Am I stepping on your toes if I do it? No, go Okay. Not at all. Go, go ahead, please. Okay, here we go. Mr. Anderson. Anderson. It's Ken Anderson. Welcome to the show, Ken. Very good. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. That's all, that's, I have to correct you. It's two times. TNA World Heavyweight Champion. I apologize. That is my bad. At least I nailed the uh, the, the Mr. Anderson thought uh, part, I thought. I thought that was okay. You did. You did. You, I could tell you you were using your diaphragm. Mm, I was. Uh, I like to growl at the end. <laughs> I try my best. I was looking forward to that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, you are going to be at Legends of Wrestling this Saturday in Detroit. Uh, you know, you've got this match here with David Arquette. It's got really heated between you guys. Like, what what's going on between you two here? I mean, I I feel like David has kind of made a mockery out of our business. Uh, he he did so way back in the '90s when he won the WCW World Heavyweight Champion on a fluke, and um, and then he went away for a while, and I was happy about that. And now he just he's come back over the last couple of years, and I don't know what he's trying to accomplish. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, like you say there, you're a two-time World Heavyweight Champion at, at TNA. Um, you know, what what was, like, you know, get a little deeper in here about what W, you know, David WCW World Title or Heavyweight Championship run meant to, you know, the credibility of World Heavyweight Championships. Hello, hello? Ken, can you hear me? I can. I'm sorry. I'm I'm driving and I'm in kind of a bad bad area, so if I lose you, I'll have to call you back. I apologize. Oh no, that's fine. Here, I'll take a timestamp real fast. And I'll go back and edit it. Uh, I can go back. Sorry uh, about that. No, that's fine. Okay. Michael, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear the question. You said something about the y- championship. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, here, I'll do a count in three, two, one. Yeah, you know, uh, you bring up you know earlier about how you're a two-time TNA World Heavyweight Championship. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you think David's WCW World Heavyweight Championship run did to the credibility of titles like the one that you've carried? Well, like, as I've said, I've stated in a, I just put out a video a couple of weeks ago about the fact that, you know, David has never really taken the time to get properly trained uh, to do what we do. He just happened to jump in the ring. Uh, and and I, I, he, he says he, he set up a ring in his backyard and he's been, basically been training himself by watching YouTube videos. That's not the proper way to, to do what we do. So I guess that's really the, you know, owning an, a wrestling academy myself. Right. Um, I've spent the last two and a half years grooming the next generation of superstars and uh, teaching them how to properly respect the business and respect those around them. And I feel like he's just kind of, I, I feel like he's taking the piss. Uh, you know, probably the biggest story that David's been a part of in his return to wrestling was when he did that death match uh, with Nick Gage for GCW and got got himself very badly hurt. Uh, what's your take uh, on what happened there? Obviously, you know, like you say, you're training students. They're looking at what's going on, and, the, and they're seeing David out there doing something like this. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm okay with the death match thing. I realize that there's a place for it in the business. There's a place for it in the world. Um I know he's trying to clear his name and become this, uh, you know, everybody kind of think, looks at him as sort of a joke, and it was a, a big, huge fluke that he won the title in the first place. But um, the, the deathmatch thing, I just don't understand. And um, and he almost died because of it. You know, like, is, is it worth it? Is it worth it in the end? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that you see a place for deathmatch wrestling. You know, I know you're out there working a lot of shows. I've seen that there's been a rise in deathmatch wrestling right now. I mean, do you think that's a, a good thing or bad thing in general, just to kind of hop off that? You know what? It's just a thing. I really, like I said, I don't mind it. I understand that, like, not everybody likes the same thing, right? I mean, not everybody likes the same genre of music or movies. Um, different different strokes for different folks, but I'm not personally keen to it. I don't I don't foresee myself ever going through light tubes or weed whackers or thumbtacks or or anything like that. Um, you know, I guess kudos to him for for at least stepping in the ring and trying it because it is a it has to be sort of a scary endeavor. Yeah, uh, just the. Breathing in the dust from the light tubes themselves, and, uh, and like I said, he got gashed open in his neck and spent what six days in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so, I guess congrats for being baldy. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. You know, I talked to David earlier today, and he was talking about how that's what got Nobbs on the phone with him, and Nobbs was like, "Oh, you got to stop killing yourself, buddy. You know, there's better ways to do this." And that's what I'm wondering here. You know, you've got David in the ring. This is not going to be a death match. What kind of a match are you expecting to have with David Arquette? I, you know, I'm not a high flyer. I am a ground and pound feature ass type of wrestler. And that's what I plan on doing to David. Uh, now, also on the uh, the Legends of Wrestling show, there's a couple other guys here. I just wanted to, to pick your brain about a little bit. Uh, obviously, Brett the Hitman Hart will be on this show. Uh, he got attacked at the Hall of Fame. Did you see this? Did you see what happened? I did. I really did. Yeah. I did, and I love the fact that my brothers in arms, uh, all the wrestlers, just pummeled, just dove into the ring. Guys were coming in out of the ring from the, from the third row to, uh, to protect Brett and get Natty out of the way. And, uh, you know, you, there's a sort of a time-honored tradition. Like, somebody steps foot in our ring, they are on private property, and... Uh, you you won't end up leaving the same way that you came in. I guarantee you. Have you ever have you ever had somebody try something like that on on you at a show ever? Like a, a fan come at you like that? It has not happened to me personally, but I've been on a show. I saw a fan uh, hit the ring during a WWE event. It was a live event. I can't remember exactly where we were, but uh, Shane Helms was in the ring taunting one of the guys in the front row and he jumped in the ring and Shane just beat the living snot out of him. Oh, man. That stuff's awful, man. And like, then, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, the, and the best thing about it was when the guy came through the back, because we were all just watching it on this little tiny monitor, and they brought him through the back. He was in handcuffs and kind of bent over, hunched over, and they said, why'd you do it, man? And he said, Shane was taunting me. Yeah, he goes, I started putting my leg over the guardrail, and I assumed that security was going to come stop me. And when nobody did, and I got both feet on the other side of the guardrail, I was committed. I had to do it, or I'd look like a pussy. So, like, bless him for, you know, having the balls again to follow through. But he did not leave the same way that he ended that he entered. Uh, dummies. Absolute dummies. Uh, you know, I wonder, Ken, you know, I see you out there working shows. You're still, you know, you're still great. I mean, you can go. You're obviously a great talker. I mean, there's a lot of viable wrestling promotions out there right now. Obviously, AEW's in the wings, Impact, you know, MLW, Ring of Honor. I mean, are you talking to anyone about possibly, you know, jumping in and, and putting another run here together on a, on a big platform? Uh, it's definitely something that's on my mind, um, you know, right now I am focused on heavily on being a dad and running my wrestling school. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, I'd love to have another run. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just the thing right now. I mean, you know, what do you what do you make of the launch of AEW and the and the you know fervor it's put in the community right now? I absolutely love it. I love the fact that there are more places for my brothers and sisters to to earn a living and yeah. to do what we do and entertain the fans and uh it's not a bad thing at all 
Yeah. You know, I wonder, you know, when you left WWE, there wasn't like another AEW type promotion out there. There wasn't like a lot of other promotions, I feel like, that were on the same level. I mean, do you wish that, you know, kind of when, you know, everything that happened with you and WWE went down, there had been another promotion out there? Do you think that would have kept you around a little bit longer in the mix? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like TNA was a, yeah, that's true. was a viable alternative. That's true. You know, like at the time, it was the Hardys and... Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and Sting and Mick Foley and right. Kevin yeah. Nash and Scott Hall and all those guys were there. So yeah, as well as all the all the TNA originals, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, those guys. So I mean, yeah, I mean there was a lot of pieces there that worked actually when you did go over to TNA that I remember the Aces and Eats and all, everything like that. I mean, what would be your yeah. advi- what would be your advice? to AEW then kind of having been in a position you're like we had all the puzzle pieces it just didn't work out for whatever reason um I mean I I, I always thought that the the disconnect in TNA was not the talent there there certainly was a like a plethora of talent available but it was just that management wasn't taking the necessary steps to make sure that we were being marketed effectively it was like uh the marketing that that was put out there was expected to be put out there by us you know guys make sure you post on your twitter and facebook and that was about the extent of it Hmm. and i just don't feel like you can run a wrestling company on a major network and and just survive off of facebook and twitter posting you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting because there was there was a lot of energy you're right at that time around TNA and kind of the the group of people they put together. It kind of reminds me in some ways of what AEW is doing with a couple vets, you know, with a lot of younger talent mixed in as well. Um, interesting to kind of look back at that period of time, I guess. Right now, you know, what do you think that how do you think that Impact has done rehabbing its its image as of late? I feel like you know it fell off every every year kind of after about what you're talking about here and has seen a bump here recently. I feel like again. Uh- Yes, and I like it. I like what they're doing. I like the fact that they sort of like, yeah. It's like they they went back and they regrouped and they figured out what different uh, plan of attack, and they've been executing it. So yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do you think wrestling fans want right now? You know, what do you, what do you think that they're looking for? I think it's what they've always wanted, and I think it's just entertaining. They just want to be entertained. Yeah, they want an escape from reality, just like we do with every other medium of entertainment. Yeah, uh, we and and that's it. Just give me entertaining storylines and characters that I can really get behind, and that's all I ask for. I think that's all the fans ask for. Are you are you surprised that so many guys uh, from TNA that were from when you were there, like AJ and Daniels, now even Abyss is backstage? Are you surprised that they all found the leap and are now over in WWE? I'm not surprised um, because I always knew that they had the level of talent necessary to be successful. Right. But in a sense of like, nobody ever gave those guys an opportunity. Everybody was always like, AJ is too small. WWE won't use him. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, that whole mentality has, has really changed. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool to see a guy like AJ Styles in, in the spotlight as often as he is and Samoa Joe and uh, it's really great to see. Yeah. The whole landscape is changing right now, you know, where people are being able to, to go kind of where they are. Um, you know, I, I did a little research here as I was getting ready for you, uh, your interview here. And, uh, you know, I was looking at, you know, what happened there in the waning days of your WWE thing. And I was just wondering, like, did you ever get a chance to catch up with Orton or Cena and talk to them about, you know, what happened? Have you guys ever had a chance to clear the air? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I've, I've just heard you. Uh, I, I, I believe that you had said that uh, in another interview uh, that these guys had gone to Vince and said that, you know, you were hard to work for it or something like that. Um, no, I, I never really have gotten a chance to talk with those guys, but um, I don't have any hard feelings towards them, and hopefully they don't have any towards me. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'm very excited uh, for you uh, in Detroit. Uh, the match with David Arquette is uh, very exciting. You guys have been doing some fun stuff on social media. You know, you talk about, um, you know, how you don't think that's enough to run a promotion right now. But if you've been, how has been your experience taking to social media? Like, are you enjoying engaging it more and, and figuring out how to use it in wrestling? Um, I, I do. It's, it's a struggle for me because um, um, I don't like, I, I sort of don't like interacting on social media. Um, it's, it's too easy to get sucked into this whirlpool of negativity, but I understand that it's a necessary evil, so. Do you wish that wrestlers would use it in character more? Like, I feel like that's a fun conversation I've had with folks recently about how they use their social media, because there's a lot of guys, you know, that are like bad guys on TV, but then you go on their social media pages and, you know, they're, they're sharing photos of their families and things like that. Right. And they have, uh, no, I don't, I don't necessarily mind that so much. I do mind the pictures of posing with the guy that they're just, that they just wrestled and, and stuff like that. That's the stuff that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, I understand, you know, there's a big disclaimer at the front of WWE uh, television and pay-per-views that state that these are characters. And, I mean, kayfabe is sort of a dead, a dead thing. Um, I don't think that necessarily means that we need to peel the curtain all the way back and show everybody everything behind the scenes. But I do understand that uh, fans want to see into the lives of the wrestlers. And, uh, and, and sometimes it's, it gives the ability uh, to see different levels and different layers. And that's one thing that I had heard uh, recently that Triple H had considered doing away with the bad guys and good guys in wrestling and, and give everybody sort of uh, more reality-based gimmicks, which is true. Like, even the worst people in the world have some admirable qualities, right? Yeah, of course. And so I think that might be an interesting, you know, you watch shows like, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's very current right now, but like Breaking Bad Mm-hmm. Was a was a show where the main protagonist ended up becoming the the big antagonist mm-hmm. at the end of the the series, you know? Yeah. Well, the best bad guys always believe what they're doing is for the right reason. You know, that is the exactly, exactly. That yep. is that is the road to hell, my friend, right there. And and it is true. It's it's actually reality. You know, like the people that flew those planes into the buildings on nine eleven didn't think they were being evil. They thought they were doing the best possible thing they could do. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is it's interesting because the topic of like, you know, are we so far removed now just because the curtains burned of having just straight good guys and bad guys? I mean, can you even do that now when realistically, if you just kind of embraced it, you know, as a more gray area characters across the board, it's, you know, fun, fun to think about. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I want to close here by talking to you about this Legends of Wrestling. Uh, Brian Knobs puts these together. How is it? Brian Knobs is a character. How is it working with Brian Knobs as a promoter uh, putting together these shows? He puts his heart and soul into this promotion, and it shows by the, the amount of people that he draws to each event. I've never been to a Legends of Wrestling show that didn't draw well. Uh, I didn't, I've never been a part of a Legends of Wrestling. This is like my fourth or fifth that I've been a part of. And it's always a fun time. Brian is a character, but uh, he's a very passionate individual, and, and he's an all-around good guy. Yeah. And I'm happy to know him. Very cool. Well, it's going down, guys. This Saturday, April 20th, again, the Fraser Hockeyland Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, come on out. Check out the show. Ken, is there anything else you'd like to say uh, to take us home and, and wrap us up here today? Um, if anybody's interested, uh, I, as I stated before, I do have a wrestling school, and you can visit our website. It's theacademyprowrestling.com, or you can you can text this number, 507-722-2776, for information. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the latest episode of The Winkly. Uh, I am uh, in still uh, some pain. 
at the moment. This uh, morning went. I I did not anticipate three hours at the dentist. I was told ninety minutes, but uh, since my teeth wouldn't go numb, they had to keep poking me in the face. Uh, so I I apologize. I did I did tease we were going to do the mailbag, Justin, and I blew it. So we're going to have to double down next week because I, I promise next week I'll totally get to it. We we have to like quadruple down. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get to it. A deep mailbag segment is on the way, is what I'm saying. But it was genuinely today because I'm just thrown by the pain. The Hacksaw interview had to get rescheduled for early in the morning. It's just been a marathon this morning, guys. I apologize. This is my bad. But if you want to continue to support the show, again, the Ringside Wrestling app, go download it. It's free. Raj and I will be back tomorrow with the top five stories of the week. Uh, you can also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestling inc. Get your Jack the Jack Journalist t-shirt. It's amazing. It's awesome. It'll look cool on you. You can make friends that also read Wrestling Inc. It's 20 bucks. Go buy it now. And uh, that's all I got, Justin. Uh, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? At Justin Lavar and uh, on social media and my uh, weekly wrestling reality podcast uh, out every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. <laughs>